Hi everybody, I'm Paul. I'm the Adult Services Librarian here at East Brunswick Public Library, and I'm the host of the Matchbook series on the EBPL podcast. Matchbook is where we pull recommendations and suggestions for what to read from an online form located on the library's homepage. If you wanted to find that, submit a question. I also respond to those questions as well. If you want even more personalized, if this is not specific enough to what you want, please head over to the library's homepage. And if you're on the Explore tab, if you hover over that, and then on the right-hand side, you'll see under the adult reading section, you'll see eBPL Matchbook, where you could submit a question and where an answer will come back to you. But the question itself might appear on this podcast because I do like to pull from those because we get so many good questions on there. Now this, I've done this a few times before. I basically going to change it up a little bit and forego the format and just do my own thing. I'm just gonna spitball my favorite books I've read in the past year. Now, some of these will be books that were released this year because I'm sure we're all looking for new things to read, but some of them are, I think they say from the back catalog, some older titles. And I like to alternate fiction, nonfiction, and go back and forth. And even same things within fiction, if I'm reading too many of those, I find that I'll just read like six mysteries in a row. And I'm like, well, time to change it up. Maybe read something else because, you know, too much of a good thing. So, yeah, I'm just going to discuss what I think were my favorites I've read this year. I'd like to start with a book called The Wager, which was released earlier this year. It's by David Grant, who wrote Killers of the Flower Moon. And this is his most recent title. It is a story of a rather shoddy patchworked vessel that was sailing thousands of miles across like two oceans in the 1740s and it was sailing for england i should preface this is this is a non-fiction like this is a factual story and it was sailing in order to tail a spanish ship that was known to contain obscene amounts of gold and wealth and treasures and all that it tells the story of tailing the ship. It's kind of like a race and hiding on the horizon. The ship is called the Wager, so hence the name of the book. But basically, the ship was wrecked at sea, and the men who served on it were marooned. They were facing starvation. They were building tiny little ships out of the remaining scrap wood. All sorts of things you would expect in this kind of Lord of the Flies type scenario. Men turning on each other doing all sorts of turning on one another for survival. And eventually they did make it back. Most of them did somehow survive. So that's kind of the first two thirds of the book is this really fascinating story of how they were able to survive all this. And then months later, there's an inquest into what exactly happened. They interview all the sailors and they kind of just try to get a gist of what went down, why it was marooned, who turned on who, was there a mutiny, was there betrayal, who's responsible for the shipwreck. So while they were initially held in such high regard for surviving such adverse circumstances, an inquest really revealed such varied perceptions over the same series of events. So you see it from all these different angles, and you really get this varied portrayal 
somehow about how people have perceived all these things differently. It feels very pertinent now, just given we're in era of post-truth AI-generated content with deciphering reality from fiction. The book felt very topical in that way. So it's really a, a great tale of time at sea, harrowing events, but also merged with insight into the human psyche as well. So it's really fascinating and varied, just a, a tale of, of human behavior and adventure at the same time. So definitely check that one out. Yeah. The next book I like to recommend is The Only One Left by Riley Sager. This is like a thriller mystery, really has a, a lot of elements of like gothic fiction to it. So it concerns a young woman who is forced to take kind of a downer luck last resort forced to take a job as a home health aide for an elderly woman who lives in this massive dilapidated house high up on a hilltop on the edge of town overlooking the sea with the house quite literally tilting into the water. And so that's a, like a great visual unto itself. And you can really see that from the cover. So the older woman that is being looked after, she's confined to a wheelchair, rendered mute by a series of strokes, and can only communicate through typewriter. We find out that her previous series of home health aides all kind of either disappeared or fled abruptly and not sure what the circumstances are given that this elderly woman appears somewhat harmless because, well, she's confined to a wheelchair, how much can really be done? So the two get to know each other, and as the elderly woman reveals far more about her past, how she ended up in this condition, what it's been like kind of living like this for years, confined to the house and the wheelchair, and so it really builds just a lot of tension between the two, and you get such more perspective as to why this particular person was maybe chosen to be the home health aide, what she might have to do with the other woman's past. And all this taking place, it's like a very eerie atmosphere of just like this massive old compound. It's a decaying mansion that nobody has maintained over the years. There's tons of fog and twisted characters. There's haunting footsteps, noises that don't make any sense. So the suspense really builds over a period of time. And there's just so many twists and turns that when you think you really have the book pinned down, and you think you have the answer to their relationship to the murders that this elderly woman apparently committed or did not commit when she was younger, her condition in the current present tense, all of these things, when you finally think you have it figured out, you don't. And that's what I love about this book is that while building the tension to spend, it also keeps you guessing but the series of events unfold in ways that are still logical at the same time, but incorporating things that seem paranormal on the face of it. So I love this mix of realism with kind of nods to the supernatural. It creates a really great mysterious blend of genres. So if that is like up your alley, if you like a gothic setting, if you like mysteries or thrillers, I, I devoured that book. I think I read it in like two sittings. Wonderful. The last book I wanted to discuss is called Blood and Ink, and it's a story of a double murder that happened on a farm in the outskirts of New Brunswick, New Jersey, just down the road from here. 
and it's the double murder of 1922 of Reverend Hall and Eleanor Mills. Reverend Hall was a prominent member of the local religious community, and he was married to Francis Hall, who was an heiress to the Johnson Johnson family dynasty. So they were wealthy, prominent, just always kind of had a large congregation, always helping people in the area. But on the side, Reverend Hall was having an affair with Eleanor Mills, who was a member of the congregation. Now, the relationship is subject to such speculation at the time. There's a lot of piecemeal information in this book. We just never get the full picture of what the relationship was like, who knew about it, and who had different motivations for maybe wanting to see them broken up or murdered or what. So there's all these different theories on what might have happened, who may be responsible. And that is such an interesting perspective on true crime, really, because you feel like you never really get to the bottom of this. But there's enough information where you as the reader, and I mean, even while I was reading it too, I, I basically had my own little sketch of what I think happened, who had the motive and the opportunity, and you just kind of use the clues in the book to feel like you could almost kind of solve it. And that's what I kind of loved about it is that you almost have like a agency in putting the clues together. At the same time, when this happened, let's just say this book was released last year. So on the 100th anniversary of the double murder. And I, I guess since it happened during the 20s, it became a, a media sensation. So I think because of his status as a reverend, the links to his wife's, the fact that she was linked to the Johnson Johnson family, the adultery aspect, it was also happening at the time of the rise in tabloid journalism. So it just like sparked so much interest in the public and so many of the publications New York World, New York Times, they were sending journalists there for months at a time just to cover the story. And so it's a really fascinating look into a side narrative in the book is tracing the rise in tabloid journalism at the time, showing how it became such an overwhelming moneymaker for journalism. And you see that even today with this kind of intrigue linked to true crime is it generates tons of revenue for people nowadays through documentaries, podcasts. There's also the local element to it. So, I mean, if you're from the area, a lot of the places mentioned in the book still exist. So the Hall family home is, I believe it's part of Douglas campus nowadays. So it's still there. The church that their congregation is at, it, that's still there. So just so many of the places, I don't know, just having this personal link to the area and knowing about it already, I feel like made it that much more interesting to me while also being on its face an interesting story unto itself so if you really like things like true crime or just want to read about something like local that is really a fascinating topic unto itself i, I would recommend that one so those are my three favorite books i read over the past year definitely check those out i tried to pick three that all have very varied topics just so at least one of them maybe would spark some interest so please send in a matchbook request if you think of anything. The EBPL podcast can be found on ebpl.org backslash podcast. Thanks to Melissa Hosek for editing this episode. And thanks to everybody for listening. <laughs>